Welcome. So tonight, I know um, officially on the flyer, uh, the title of tonight's class is called Fulfillment, and uh, which I think the subtitle is um, how this how these dreams will be fulfilled by a human king. It's a very, very fascinating class. It's just that we're not going to be able to get there tonight or else I'll... And the only way I would be able to get to that tonight is if I try to rush and, and push everything in and go over time and I don't want to do that. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to complete um, that which... Class number two. In which we go, which we're, which was called the vision, in which we were laying out all the various different perspectives on the days of Moshiach. What is the content of Moshiach? We got through, I would say, sixty percent in last week's class, but we were left with forty percent, and the forty percent would have been pretty crammed. So, I'd like to really take this class and elaborate on that. The next class, class number four, is really going to be class number three. And class number five is going to be class number four. And class number six is going to be class number five. And class number six, we're going to have to move on to the next course, Bezrat Hashem, if everything goes smoothly. Okay. And I want to get through all of it. Tonight, Bezrat Hashem, I'm, I'm comfortable that we will. Uh, we'll assume that, yeah, yeah, can you please give those out? Uh, we have some of the handouts that are going to be given out. Okay, so um, to refresh and to bring everybody up to speed um, is that in our previous class last week, we laid out primarily two visions on the Messianic age, on the, ta- on the Yemosa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach, two perspectives of what the content of the Messianic of Mashiach's times are. Um, both of them are sourced in Maimonides. One is in uh, the laws of Teshuva, where Rambam gives a description on Mashiach, and the other one is in the laws of kings, in the end of Mishneh Torah, where Maimonides Rambam gives another view on Mashiach. And they're very, very different when one analyzes them carefully. And uh, briefly, in the laws of Teshuva, Rambam describes Mash- the, Mash- the Messianic age as a time of great enlightenment, universal enlightenment, incredible wisdom, and mankind will come to the highest and greatest knowledge of God. And Moshiach himself, Rambam describes as an awesome sage, as the wisest of all men, much even wiser even than King Solomon. The wisest man, the greatest teacher of all time. That's in the laws of Teshuvah. In the laws of kings, Rambam des- describes Moshiach in the, longs of king, in the days of Moshiach, in the laws of kings as a time of the actualization of God's kingship on the world. That when Mashiach comes, Hashem's kingship, that Hashem is the master and creator and ruler over the creation, is going to be vividly, vividly and openly displayed in all of the world, expressed through compliance, expressed through absolute compliance of all the mitzvos, all the commandments, the Jewish people are going to fulfill their commandments and even the non-Jews are going to fulfill their, their commandments. So universal compliance to all the mitzvot and as a result of that, 
God will fully be a king over the entire world. That's the content of the Messianic age according to Rambam and the laws of kings. Mashiach himself, according to Rambam and the laws of kings, is not spoken of as a very wise man, but Mashiach and the laws of kings, according to Maimonides over there, is discussed as a powerful ruler, the one who is going to be able to rein in all the Jewish people to serve Hashem, to do the mitzvot. And not only that, such a powerful ruler that he's able to rein in the nations as well. All the 8 billion people on the planet, to everybody to serve God. And this is, and this is the Rambam as he describes Mashiach in the laws of kings. Last week we discussed that, the, that these are not a contradiction. But we have to realize that in each case Rambam is looking at Mashiach from another window, from a different angle. In the laws of Tshuva, Rambam is discussing Mashiach from the human vantage point, meaning what is in it for us? Why we as humans should want Mashiach? Why should we want Mashiach? So Rambam tells you you should want Mashiach because that's the time of enlightenment. And according to Rambam, the greatest accomplishment ever is enlightenment. The highest achievement that one can have is wisdom and wisdom of God. So Rambam tells you that in the days of Mashiach, we will reach the highest level we can reach. And as we also discussed last week, then Mashiach is not even the ultimate, ultimate state, because the ultimate state is when souls will leave their bodies and go to Olam Haba, which is where we can achieve ultimate, ultimate enlightenment, because the body, as much as it's going to be wonderful in the days of Mashiach, the body is still a constrictor. When Mashiach will come, we will have infinite enlightenment. I'm sorry, when the Neshama leaves the body after Mashiach, it will have endless enlightenment. The days of Mashiach are only a preparatory stage in which all of us can prepare ourselves for that ultimate enlightenment because there won't be any hindrance to block us from learning Torah and doing mitzvot. On the other hand, as we discussed um, uh, last week, um, Rambam in the laws of kings is talking about Mashiach from the perspective of God's fulfillment. How does, what, what is the content of Mashiach from the way God, what does God have from the days of Mashiach? Oh, Hashem, when in the days of Mashiach, he will realize the ultimate purpose of why he created the world. And why did Hashem create the world? What was God's interest in creating the world? Through creation, God is a king. He actualizes his kingship through creation. And Hashem is a melech. And that's why Rambam over here is talking about the kingship of God, not so much the enlightenment. And both are true. We humans are concerned on what is in it for us. But Hashem is, is looking at it in what does, how does Mashiach realize God's purpose. And according to that, we discussed last week, Mashiach is not just a means to an end, like it, from the perspective of the laws of Teshuvah. Mashiach is the ultimate goal because God created the world to be a king. And that will be the time when he will finally be a king over the entire world, when all of humanity will accept Hashem as a king. That's what we discussed last week. However, I did mention at the end of the class that even in this idea of kingship, there are two descriptions in Maimonides. One of them in the laws of kings. And what we are going to do today, and I did it briefly last week, but I did not really get to explain it well, just chaplop at the end of the class. So we're going to go through it a little more thoroughly. Rambam elsewhere, in his commentary on Mishnah, Rambam as well describes Mashiach 
and primarily he focuses on Mashiach as a great king. However, in that discussion, he discusses Mashiach as an awesome king, far greater than his discussion of Mashiach as a king in the laws of kings, in his Mishnah Torah. And as we're going to de develop today, that this represents in Rambam itself two levels in Mashiach's kingship, as we're going to see in a, in a moment. Then I would like, after we will discuss that, we will also touch upon the Rambam and another source in his letter to the Yemenite Jews called the Geret HaTeman. Over there, Rambam has also some exquisite news about Mashiach, very different than what Rambam says in other places. And finally, we're going to discuss Nachmanides, Ramban, and what is his contribution to Mashiach. He has a whole other view to Mashiach's days. And finally tonight, we're going to get to the interpretation of Hasidut, of what is Hasidus, what is Kabbalah, and mainly Hasidus really, add to the entire picture and literally brings Mashiach to a whole new understanding, much deeper, much richer than anything ever said before. So follow with me as we go along. What we're going to do right now is we're going to look at the Rambam in Pirisha Mishnah. We read it last week. I'm going to point out just a few ideas. This is in, in your booklets. This would be one, two, three, three pages before it, at the conclusion of your book. Um, do you have, yeah. No, I don't know if I made this for you. It might be the last. Is the last page in your booklet Rambam Pirisha Mishnah? Can anybody look at the booklet? What's the last page? No, 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 but I have to see because my booklet is a little different than your booklet. I need a booklet. Yeah, there's three pages on the end. Okay, so Rambam Pirusha Mishnah. That's the page I'd like you to look at. Okay, so let me read quickly what Rambam says. Omnam Yamoisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach, Uzman, Shatashu, Vamalchus, Li Yisrael. I'm reading from the top of the page. The days of Mashiach is the time when the kingdom will return to the Jewish people. The Yachzeru Eretz Yisrael, we're going to return to the land of Israel. Okay, Rambam describes the days of, the main thing of Mashiach is the restoration of Jewish monarchy. The Jewish kingdom will return. And as a result of that, we're going to return to the land of Israel. And that king will be very great. And his palace in Zion, in Yerushalayim, will be very popular. And his mention, his memory, his recognition is going to be across the entire world. More than King Solomon, more than Shlomo. Everybody will make peace with him. Can we imagine a world where... At, the entire world will be in peace with the Jewish kingdom and with the Jewish people and with Jews living in the land of Israel. But not only that, everybody will serve Mashiach. Um, but not, God forbid, because um, of chopping of heads like the idea of, of, um, of the uh, caliphate uh, that some people have in terms of a kingdom because if you don't listen, you get your head chopped off. The entire world will serve Mashiach because of his great righteousness. And because Mashiach will do such wonders that he's gonna, it's going to be so spectacular, he's going to captivate all of humanity. And everybody is willfully and even joyfully going to surrender to his kingdom and want to be his servants. Anybody that will try to fight him, God will destroy him. 
Okay, and all the verses of the of the of the Pesukim in Scripture testify to his great success. And our success with him. It's going to be the most successful time for the Jewish people ever. Nothing that we've ever had ever compared to it. And I'm going to skip a little bit. Um, I'm skipping now. This is again Rambam Pirisha Mishnah. I'm going now one, two, three, four to the fourth paragraph. And the great benefit. That's going to be in those days. We the Jewish people are not going to have any more alien kings or foreign, for, for, foreign um, um, kingships or, 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 or um, powers that we're going to be subject to. That stops us from doing mitzvahs. In a sense, we can say that we've achieved that already today. Because today, we're, Jews are free across the world to do mitzvot. Officially, at least. I, I'm not so sure if you want to walk down the streets in Saudi Arabia with your tefillin, but officially, um, the, there isn't a country, there isn't a place where it is forbidden to do mitzvahs. And the Rebbe, interesting, says that that's already a sign that Moshiach began having an effect on the world with the collapse of the Soviet Union, which was kind of the last regime that officially outlawed mitzvah observance. When that, came, when that fell down, we entered into the Messianic era. But we're going to talk about that a lot, Bezrat Hashem, in future classes, not in this course, but in future courses, Bezrat Hashem. In any case, so, um, and then, I'm skipping two lines. And in those days, there will be Shlemus Rabbah, there will be great perfection. We're going to merit to the world to come. That's Rambam's description. And then let's go down to the bottom paragraph, the last paragraph on this page. Rambam says, Ha-yesod, you see the big letters, Ha-yesod, Mashiach, the twelfth foundation of faith, the days of Mashiach. Ulahamin, it is to believe, Ulahamis, and to be absolutely sure, Sheyavai, that Mashiach will come. we should never think that he's going to delay. Im Yismameya, if he tarries, if he's taking a long time, Chakalo, wait for him. And then Rambam says, do not make special times for his coming. Um, I'm skipping another line here because I just want to get the main points. Rambam says, bo, we should believe in him. Ulegadlo, we're supposed to make him very great in our mind. In other words, when we're expecting and believing in Moshiach, we're supposed to imagine in our mind a super, 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 super powerful being. Ulaavo, so much are we supposed to be attached to this Mashiach character that we can only imagine in our mind until Mashiach comes because we don't really know who he is. So we're supposed to so, 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 so much visualize him until we can actually feel love to him in our hearts. Imagine that. For the last 2,000 years of exile, the Rambam is expecting that every single Jew should feel love in his heart to this awesome king of Mashiach. And then to pray for him. And we pray for him every day. It's one of the prayers we say for Mashiach. And then Rambam says, Anybody in the midst of this fifth line, from the bottom, in the last paragraph, anybody that doubts him, or has, thinks that he's not so great, 
Kafar b'Torah, this person is a denier of the Torah. Sheyadu b'yah Torah. And because the Torah had testified about him. That's basically what I wanted to say from here. Now if we do a comparative analysis between, between Rambam and the laws of kings and his description over here in the commentary on the Mishnah, we find really four things that we can differentiate and see between them. Number one, in, in Mishnah Torah, as we discussed last week, Rambam points out that Mashiach is going to be a king. But Rambam primarily emphasizes a few things. What's his kingship? His kingship is the idea that he's going to bring the Jewish people back to the land of Israel, build a Beit HaMikdash, and get and inspire and compel the Jewish people to observe all the mitzvot. He's going to bring back complete observance because we the Jewish people have only had semi-observance. When we don't have a temple, we only have semi-observance. So he's going to bring back total observance. And not only that, um, and, uh, and then finally, Ramam says, he's going to reign in the entire world to actually serve God, to keep their mitzvot. That's the Rambam in the laws of kings. What's, if you're looking, and he's going to be, Rambam says, he's going to restore David's kingship, the kingship of his grandfather David. That's Rambam. And Rambam emphasized very strongly over there that Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles. We don't have to expect any miracles and see any miracles. Mashiach is just, that's it. Restoring, bringing the Jewish people, a leader that brings the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. He has to be a Jew who's dedicated to Torah and to mitzvot, a great Torah scholar, and someone who's very, very, very observant himself. So he's an example for everybody. And he causes other people, and the, ultimately all the Jewish people, to return to the land of Israel and keep the mitzvot. That's Moshiach. Now, if you're looking over here in the Pirish of Mishnah of Rambam, interesting. Rambam omits the building of the Beis Amigdash. He doesn't say anything. He speaks about Mashiach having a big palace that everybody in the whole world looks at. But he doesn't speak about the Beis Amigdash. And even when he mentions returning the Jewish people to Israel, he mentions it only as a detail in him establishing a kingdom. So who's going to be a king over? If, if the only ones living in Israel are a couple of Bedouins and Palestinians, or whoever, I don't know, they weren't there, whoever, old Arabs that were there, then, then who's he going to be a king of? So what does, what does he do? He brings the Jewish people back to Israel so that he can be a king. Next thing, Ramam says clearly that the whole world that he's going to, is going to serve Mashiach. Why? Because he does wonders. Hey, this is the same Ramam who told us in the laws of kings that Mashiach doesn't have to do any wonders. And here the Ramam says, Linifla Osav, to the great wonders that he's going to do. And the other thing is, over there, Ramam said that he's going to be restoring David's kingship. That means he's going to be as great as David and maybe as Shlomo. But when Ramam speaks about him over here, he's speaking about a far greater king. He's speaking about a universal king, a global king. David and Shlomo were not universal. Okay, Shlomo Amelech kind of was revered by the entire, revered by the entire world. But Moshiach to be a powerful king of the whole world, and he says much greater than David and Shlomo. Finally, in the laws of kings, Ramam is focusing on Mashiach's contribution to the Jewish people. Almost everything he says is about Israel, about the Jewish people. Bringing us back to the land of Israel, building a temple, getting us to keep the mitzvot. In the end, he mentions Mashiach will also correct the entire world. The Yitakein Olam, he will correct the entire world. That's all like a detail. 
And even when Rambam speaks about wars, that Moshiach is going to fight wars, Rambam is speaking about wars that Moshiach is going to fight against any people or any nation that's going to try to interfere with building the Beis Hamikdash. We can imagine that that can break out World War III if we decide to bulldoze the mosque that's there and put a base on the English, it's possible. And Moshiach has to fight that war to defend. But again, it's not about the nations, it's about the Jewish people restoring their base on English, and Moshiach wages war against anybody that might get in the way of that. Okay? That's Rambam over here. Rambam in the Laws of Kings, and sorry, and Rambam in his Pirisha Mishnah, speaks about, hardly speaks about Moshiach reigning over the Jewish people, he speaks about a powerful ruler for the entire world. And all nations will serve him. And everybody will recognize his greatness. It's a whole different story. And one more point. In the laws of kings, when Rambam says if you don't believe in him, God forbid a person is considered a denier of the Torah. In the laws of kings, Rambam is saying that that denial is because you're going against the eternity of the Torah. Rambam says the Torah is eternal. I'm not going to quote the Rambam to you. The Torah and the mitzvot and the commandments are eternal. And if someone denies Moshiach, obviously he's denying the eternity of the Torah because when Moshiach comes, that's the one who's going to make the Torah applicable to the entire world. And you're denying that eternity. Fine. In, in the laws of, in his commentary on Mishnah, Rambam says if you don't believe in Moshiach, one is a, a non-believer because one is denying the eternity of the Malchus Beis David, of kingship of David HaMelech. In other words, one is not believing in that we the Jewish people have an eternal king. These are the main differences. And we will understand them, understand what, what, why it is so, by analyzing one more thing. This is very, very important. And this is going to shed so much light into the idea of Mashiach. I'd like you to turn over the page, one page, two pages before this page, meaning go towards the front, in which we will pick up Rambam in, the, in his letter to the Yemenite Jews. Rambam and Igeres Teman. So, on the, on, you see it says in the top, Rambam Igeres Teman. This is a letter Rambam wrote to the Yemenite Jews when the Yemenite Jews were feeling very dejected and very broken because of the tremendous persecutions that they were going through and they reached out to the Rambam for help and Rambam sent them a letter. In this, Rambam, Rambam, in this letter, Rambam describes Mashiach totally different than his description of Mashiach anywhere else. In Laws of Kings, Rambam describes a person that lives amongst us who suddenly rises to be a king. It means the Jewish people recognize this individual. They know who he is. He becomes a very, 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 very important figure. People gather around this person until he becomes a king. And obviously, a king is not, not going to fly down from the sky and become a king. Rambam says, melech. A king will get up. Amongst the Jewish people, they will have a leader and they will see him as a king and they will follow him. He will affect observance amongst the Jewish people. Eventually, he will take the Jewish people to Israel, build a base on Mikdash, and get everybody to observe all the mitzvah. So we're talking about a process that can last for many, many years. 
And in that Rambam's description of that process, it's even possible that someone starts it, but he doesn't get to finish it. If he gets killed in one of those wars, Rambam is describing a king who's taking the Jewish people up. The person that we will use as an example is the famous Shimon Bar Koziva. Kochva, Bar Kochva, if anybody knows Bar Kochva, the one who lived like 50 years after the destruction of the temple, who led a revolt against the Romans and to free the Jewish people and build, right? And, and, and Rabbi Akiva believed that he was Mashiach. So we were talking about and proclaimed that he is Mashiach and everybody should follow him. This is Barsh, right? So here's an example. You have a person who is leading, working his way to be Mashiach. So we're talking about a very natural progression to, the, to, to Mashiach and Mashiach's coming. Not so in, the law, in, in his letter to the Yemenite Jews. Rambam says, the person that is G'day, you should know, I'm going on the second paragraph of this page, the top line. The way he will get up, you should know, people will not know him before he gets up. Rambam Igeres Teimon, it's the page before Pirish Mishnah. It's four pages before the end of the booklet. What? For before the last of the book. Yeah, four pages to the end. It says, Rambam Igeres Teimon. Two pages before the end? Which one? Oh, because I was right. Okay, it's only two pages before the last. That's what I was asking before if it's four. Okay, fine. I was. Avel Eches Amidosoy. Rambam says, Da you should know, no one will know him before it happens. That we should say that he's the son of this person. Who comes from that family. A man will get up. That we don't know before he appears, no one knows him. And, and he's going to appear. Now, what is he going to do? And the great miracles and signs that people are going to see by him. These are the proofs that he is the one. We're going to see someone who's going to do such spectacular miracles and he's just going to stun us. And as a result of that, we're going to follow him. And then on the next paragraph, Rambam says on the second line, in the third paragraph on the page, the measure that is special to him, at the time that he will be revealed, Yevalu Kalmalche Eretz, all the kings of the world will get confused. Mishimai from his name, the Yisnaklu, and they will all try to hurt him. Echlamid Kenegdoi, how to fight him. Becherev with a sword, or Bizolasa, or some other force. Um, and, and over here, the Yifchadu, the Tifal Malchusam, the Yivalum and Amoifsim Sheyiru Ayadoi. In the end, they will get so terrified and scared from the miracles that he will show. They'll put their hands to their mouth and they'll get so scared. This is kind of the magical Mashiach that Jews believed in throughout history. Jews believed actually this was the image of Mashiach that Rambam planted in the Jewish psyche for many, many generations before people started studying Rambam. We're read with our Rebbe encouraged learning the laws of Rambam. The Rambam that everybody imagined, the Mashiach that everybody imagined, is a spectacular Mashiach coming from the sky. So the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, is kind of troubled in one of his talks, in one of his sikhos, he's, 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 he's kind of trying to reconcile these two, it's the same Rambam. How come in Rambam, the laws of kings, he's speaking of such a progression of Moshiach to being king, and here he speaks about a spectacular revelation. 
So in, in Lakuti Sichas, Chelek Chavzayin, this is in the 27th book of the Rebbe Sichas, in Pasha's Bolok, not in Pasha's Bolok, in Pasha's Bechu Kaisai. So over there, he has a talk about, in the midst of the talk, the, sikha, the talk is not mamish on this, but in the midst of it, he touches upon this. And over there, he says as follows. He brings a, ta- a passage of the Talmud. He says, Rambam is not contradicting himself. Rambam is giving you two possibilities of how Mashiach can come. And that is based on something that it says in the, in the Mesechtis Sanhedrin, in the Tractate Sanhedrin of Tzadik Ches. There are two verses. In one verse in Daniel, in, the, in, the, in Daniel it says, anani shamaya. Mashiach is going to come with the clouds of heaven. There is another verse that says that Mashiach is going to be Ani al Khamor. He's a poor man riding on a donkey. So there's a very, very big difference. Is he, is he a poor man riding on a donkey? That seems that he's coming very slow. If he's coming with the clouds of the sky, then the clouds move in and the clouds move out. We're talking about something spectacular and, and fast and quick. So the Gemara answers, the Talmud answers, and they say like this, Zahu, if the Jewish people merit to have the highest form of redemption, if Mashiach comes as a result of our merits, boom, Mashiach is going to come with clouds of the sky. If we don't merit, then Mashiach is still going to come because God promised, but it's going to be a more natural revelation. He's coming as riding on a donkey, which means it's a slow coming. It's going to take a while, and he's going to have to work through the work his way through diplomatically, and and to make his way to be able to become a king over the entire world. This is this is this is what the Gemara says. So the Rebbe says, based on all of this. The echo? Oh, that's outside. That's fine. I just thought it was an echo. So, um, so, the, so, so the Rebbe says, based on that, we can understand these two Rambams in, in the... Rambam in the Laws of Kings is speaking about Mashiach coming, as we said earlier, in a natural way, on a donkey. Rambam in the, in the Yemenite, in his letter to the Yemenite Jews, to encourage them, is speaking about Mashiach coming in the miraculous way. And the Gemara gives two possibilities. Why did Rambam in the laws of kings choose to tell us Mashiach in a slow manner, Mashiach coming kind of like a turtle, slowly, instead of Mashiach coming like a cheetah, really fast? Why, what is the reason? And the answer is, in the laws, Rambam is laying out what we have to believe in. What are we obligated to believe in? So we are obligated to believe in Mashiach basic. We're not obu- obligated to believe in Mashiach premium. Okay, you have two Mashiachs. You have basic Mashiach, Mashiach premium. Since Mashiach premium might not happen, what is going to happen is Mashiach basic. And that's for sure has to happen. So Rambam is obligating us to believe in Mashiach basic. If it's going to be greater than that, let it be greater than that. But what do you have to believe in? Because God forbid you can't tell someone to believe in Mashiach premium and that doesn't happen, then, then what we believed in wasn't true. So, but however, if you, believe that, if you believe that there will be a person that eventually will get all the Jews to Israel and build the Beis HaMikdash and, and get us all to observe the mitzvot, then, then, then either way that's going to happen. It's only the question is, is it going to be in a more spectacular way? Okay. So maybe it's going to happen. And if not, at least you know the basic of what Mashiach is. He builds a base on Migdash. He builds a base on Migdash. 
gives us, we'll take the questions here, builds the base Amigdash, gets the Jewish people to observe the mitzvot, and that's, and that's what he has to do. Now let me just point out a very, very important idea. In that talk, the Rebbe explains something really, really great. And he says, this that there are two possibilities about Mashiach coming, even according to Rambam, is only how Mashiach comes. His first debut, his first entry into the Jewish world, into our lives, can be spectacular, shock and awe, or it can be a more gradual coming. That's his coming. But eventually, the messianic era is going to entail a period of spectacular miracles. In other words, eventually, the miracles are going to kick in either way. And his proof is simple. We all believe that one of the things that are going to happen after Mashiach comes is the resurrection. Now, the resurrection is obviously a miracle beyond miracles, that all the dead are going to come back alive. So obviously, if we believe that in the Messianic age, there is going to be a resurrection and dead people and the cemeteries are going to empty out and pop, everybody's going to come out, obviously there's going to be miracles. So the Rebbe says, what does that mean? What it means is that there is definitely going to come a time in the Messianic time and era where there are going to be spectacular miracles and major changes in the nature of the world. People are going to get up. All trees, the Rebbe over there is talking about, the Gemara speaks about Ilane Srak, all fruitless trees, trees that don't bear fruit, which are most of the trees, there are fruit trees, the Gemara says, are going to start giving fruit. Oh, so that's for sure going to happen. When is that going to happen? In the second stage of Biat, in the latter stage. It must happen in a, in a second stage. The question is, is the onset of Moshiach, is the beginning of the days of Moshiach going to be that way or not? If we merit, we're going to go immediately into that miraculous time. If we don't merit, then Moshiach is going to come in, an, in, a, in a more ordinary way. And what's going to happen is, think about it, what is that going to do? If Moshiach comes in an ordinary way, but after everything, he gets us all to Israel, and he stops everybody from bothering us from keeping the mitzvot, and he inspires observance by all the Jewish people. So now imagine if a few bi- a million people and all the Jewish people are all observant. Can you imagine how much bracha we will bring into the world? How much light, how much godly energy will come flowing into the cosmos? We know that every mitzvah we do today brings tremendous blessing into the world. But how much observance do we have today? First of all, there are so many of our brethren who don't know anything about Judaism and don't keep mitzvot. So hopefully everybody, you know, we meet uh, Chabadnik meets him and puts him on the tefillin once. But like this, or a woman, she gets Shabbos candles, she lights it once. But generally there are millions of Jews who don't keep the mitzvot. And not only that, you know, we try to be observant, but when we know how flippy floppy we are, some days we're better, some days we're not that good. When Mashiach comes, we're, not gonna, we're all going to do the mitzvot all the time. That's going to bring down so much divine... It's gonna, that's going to cause God to enter into the world to a so much, because mitzvot are channels. Every mitzvah is a channel for the divine. So if we're going to increase all that observance and all that light into the world, that's going to bring, it's going to make the world saturated and bubbling 
overflowing with divinity, and that extra divine light is going to burst out that all the barren trees are going to give out fruit. A tree will not be able to be barren because there's so much energy, divine energy bubbling in its veins. The dead will not be able to be dead anymore because the earth is going to have so much life. Just a way of looking at it. I'm, I'm saying that now. Just, but you get the idea. The extra infusion of godly light as a result of our mitzvot that we're going to do after Mashiach comes. When we are going to have complete observance and a base hamigdash and, and all the sacrifices and everything that brings the Shekhinah in the world even greater than the first temple and all the Torah we're going to learn and Mashiach. Whoa! What is that going to do? Infuse the world. So that's going to lead us into the second stage. The question is only is that going to happen in the beginning or not? So in the laws of kings, Rambam is telling you it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way. It can be slowly or it can happen fast. Based on that, now we're going to revisit Rambam of Pirisha Mishnah, Rambam in his Mishnah, and Rambam in, and Rambam in, in, over the, in, 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 in Mishnah Torah. You see, in, 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 in Pirisha Mishnah, sorry, in Mishnah Torah, in his laws of kings, Rambam is giving us, as we said earlier, Mashiach basic. Since he's giving up Mashiach basic, what's the basic Mashiach has to do? Bring all the Jewish people back to Israel, get us to observe mitzvot. For that, Mashiach has to be a king, but how great does he have to be? He doesn't have to exceed greater than King David, because King David accomplished that. David HaMelech was a king, and he was a king over all the Jewish people, and he got all the Jewish people to observe the mitzvahs. More than that, he doesn't have to do miracles because King David did it without miracles. King David wasn't a miracle worker. I'm sure he did miracles here and there, but generally it was a natural reign. And Moshiach's main business, as we said before, is upon the Jewish people. That's the idea. That is what Ramam is discussing in Pirisha Mishnah. I'm sorry, in, in, in the laws of Mishnah Torah. In Pirisha Mishnah, Ramam is giving us the other Moshiach. Either he's giving us the Mashiach of the Yemen, of the letter of, of Igeres HaTemon, that Mashiach, meaning Mashiach premium, or even if Rambam is talking about Mashiach coming as Mashiach basic, we said earlier that eventually from basic Mashiach will become Mashiach premium. A second stage will come. And that second stage is what Rambam is describing. A palace that the whole world will recognize. A king that is so powerful and so great, and the whole world will serve him. That's Mashiach in all of his glory, which Pirisha Mishnah, which the Mishnah Torah doesn't have to mention, because Mishnah Torah is not going there. Mishnah Torah is keeping Mashiach to the basic. Because that's what we, minimum of what we have to believe in, on a minimal level. However, to, to make it a little deeper and richer, that which we just said, is to hear this, it goes, this is very, this is, to understand, it's not just that Rambam and, and over here and Rambam there are talking about two times. Rather, we have, to, we have to realize, what does Rambam want in his Mishnah Torah? Where is Rambam coming from in his Mishnah Torah? In Mishnah Torah, Rambam is not writing a book about Moshiach. Rambam is writing a book. His entire Mishnah Torah is a code of Jewish law. He's giving you the code of Jewish law. He's giving you observance. He says, you know, if you want to study Talmud, you don't know how to observe the mitzvot. Everything is just mish is confused in a million places. 
I'm going to give you a book in which I will lay out for you all the observance of the 613 commandments. I'm going to lay it out for you. At the conclusion, Ramam is talking about Mashiach. Why? So first of all, because that's also a law. We need to know about Mashiach. That's part of the laws of kings. One of the mitzvahs in the Torah is to have a king. But much deeper than that, the reason why Rambam concludes his, his book with chapters about Mashiach, that validates his entire book. Not only does it validate the entire book, it gives his entire book such an oomph, such power in the sense that what? When Rambam comes to you and tells you to observe these commandments, he hands you his book and he says, this is God telling you how to live. Generally, a person can say, fine, yeah, no, I believe it comes from Hashem. Do I want to be religious? Do I want to be religious? I don't want to be religious. Do I want to reach Olam Haba? Do I want to come to the world to come? I like it better down here. I have a good time here. Eh, forget about all of the world to come. I don't think about tomorrow. I think about today. So a person can kind of play around with his observance, yes or no. So Ramam comes to you and he tells you a whole different story. Listen here, buddy. Ramam says, here, here, listen, listen carefully. You see this law? This is a, a, a law of God for the world to keep. This is absolute truth. This is why God created the world. And I want you to know, Rambam says, you should know one thing. A day will come when every creature in the world will observe this law. This will be the reality, the global reality of all of humanity. Jews will keep the 613. Non-Jews will keep their seven commandments. But everybody is going to obey the law. That is going to happen in the end. Wow. This is something. And this is really going to happen. There's no doubt that that's going to happen. You can start living that way today. And make that reality come quicker. But here I have a whole different story. I have a whole different respect. I understand that these laws are the laws that are, are going to ultimately manifest and actualize in the world literally. These laws are going to happen. And it's not just an inspiring thing that if I want to, I choose to listen. This is something much deeper. So then I realize that this is truth. And an absolute truth, and the world is going to one day all recognize this truth. So what does that do? That makes all the mitzvah observance be taken so much more seriously. Wow. So then, that's why the Rambam is talking about Mashiach. So how much Mashiach do we need for that? Do we need all 100% of Mashiach for that? Rambam says, you don't need all 100% of Mashiach for that. You need for that 30% of Mashiach. 30% of who Mashiach is, is needed to get the Jews to keep the mitzvahs, build the base on Mikdash. So you don't have to believe in this universal, powerful, miraculous king, because that's not unnecessary. And that's not what Ramam is trying to tell you over here. Ramam is, trying to, Ramam is giving you a Mashiach that's part of observance of Torah and mitzvot. Stand? In, the, in, in Pirish HaMishnah, Ramam is coming to explain you what Mashiach is truthfully. What is Mashiach? which is unrelated to observance. Who is Mashiach? What's Mashiach? What is the time of Mashiach all about? Rambam says, listen here, you know what Mashiach is? God is revealing himself as king over the world through a human being. That human being is representing, capturing God's kingship in his body, and he, through him, Hashem is king over the whole world. Whoa, if it's God's kingdom, better believe it's going to send shocks waves 
throughout the entire world. If it's God's kingdom, you better believe it's going to be miraculous. Here is a human being that is embodying Hashem's attribute of kingship. He's a complete channel and a funnel. Now I know this can sound a little bit, whoa, why are we saying Mashiach is Hashem? No, hold it. That's why this idea is what we're going to make the subject of next week's class. To understand the concept of a king and how he captures and encapsulates Hashem's kingship. But yet, what is Mashiach in its ultimate purity? Hashem is king over the world. How is that kingdom being manifest through this human being called Mashiach? That's why it's universal. That's why we're talking about miracles. And that's why we're talking about a king that's far greater than David and Shlomo. Because David and Shlomo were only small representatives, a little ray of a God's kingship. Mashiach is going to encapsulate Hashem's kingship as it truly is. And this differentiates all the differences that we spoke about before. So now, I would want to give this a little Hasidic spice. What we just said. The difference of Mishnah, of Rambam's explanation in Mishnah Torah and Rambam's explanation in Pirisha Mishnah from a more deeper Kabbalistic point. And here's a short point, but very refresher. We know the Midrash tells us that our soul has five names. Each and every one of us has a soul, and our soul has five names. Nefesh, Ruach, Nefesh means like kind of animating spirit. Ruach is spirit, emotional energy. Neshama, intellectual energy, it's a higher level, Neshama. And then there's a level of our Neshama called Chai. It's like an encompassing power. And finally, there is the highest level of our soul called Yechida. And these are five levels of life. These are, nefesh is the lowest level. It's more an energy that motorizes the body, physical action. Ruach is an emotional spirit. Nishama is intellect. Chai is drive. A person is driven with will, willpower. That's higher than intellect, that's will. And in our soul it means a powerful drive to, be, to, to connect to God. And finally, there is a, a highest level called Yechida. What's Yechida? Yechida is the part of our soul that is inseparable from Hashem. Our neshama that is attached to God with such a strong bond that it cannot separate. And if you try to grab the Jew on one side, like imagine I'm holding my fingers like this, and you try to grab the Jew over here and try to pull him like the crusaders tried to do, or like the inquisition tried to do, or like others try to pull the Jew away and pluck the Jew and rip him away from God, it's impossible. The Jew gives everything up. All of his money, all of his possessions, his, his, his relationship to his family, his body, his physical life, he gives everything up. Why? He cannot separate from God. That's Mesirat Nefesh. That comes from our Yechida, where our Nisham is attached to God with an infinite bond. So if we look at our soul, we can kind of see like this, I'm making it very physical. The Yechida is huge, it's infinite, doesn't fit into the body, so to speak, outside. It surrounds, it encompasses, it's an outer circle. And then Chai is also a circle, it's drive that's bigger than intellect, but it's a, it's a more encompassing circle, it's closer to us. Neshama fits into our brain, so to speak, in our mind, we can understand our relationship with God and build a relationship based on reason and understanding intellectual connection, logic, and reason. 
and then emotion down here, and then in our hands and feet is our nefesh, our, our, the lowest part of our neshama that gets us to observe commandments in the, in the literal sense. Okay? So here is an amazing teaching that, that Hasidut and Kabbalah teach us from the Arizal. It says like this, that just like every individual person has these different levels of soul inside of them, so too the Jewish people as a whole have these four, five levels of soul, and they're embodied in five individuals, five tzaddikim, five. And I spoke about this, if you remember, by Gimel Tammuz, by the Fabrengan we had over here, five levels of soul. King David, he encapsulates the nefesh, the lowest level of holy soul. And then Elio Anavi, Elijah the prophet, he's got the ruach. And then Moshe Rabbeinu has neshama. That's why he brought us the Torah, the intellect. And then um, Adam, Adam Harishon, first human being, he had the soul that's called Chai. And above Adam Harishon is Moshiach, the ultimate human being. He encompasses the level of soul that is completely attached with God, and in that sense, the soul is infinite. Now let's take a look and see like this. King David, in his days, embodied the nefesh, holy, holy nefesh consciousness, and he brought the Jewish people into this holy state of nefesh. That's why, and nefesh we said really, what does nefesh mean? A soul that in practical observance, in practical life, is subservient to Hashem, does God's will. Put it this way, I'm, I, as a human being, I don't always have to be in touch with my nefesh. It's possible that I'm living off, and sadly we all are that way, it's possible that we are living off an unholy consciousness. The fact that we sometimes observe and sometimes don't observe is a simon that our life force isn't necessarily our godly soul. Our life force is related to the klipah, the unholy. With, with, puncture, with punctures, our neshama keeps on shining in, but yet our natural consciousness is a consciousness of our, of our animal consciousness. That's why we serving God is a choice we make. When the nefesh is revealed, and when we're fully integrated our nefesh, then we are shomer Torah mitzvot. We are observing the mitzvahs all the time, always good. That means a nefesh. When King David was king, guess what he did to all the Jewish people? He got all the Jewish people to comply, to observe, in the literal sense, in the practical sense. Oh, but nefesh is a natural life. Since, because it's our natural energy in our body. Therefore, on the cause, in the world, what kind of divine presence was in the world? A natural presence of God. That's why in King David, there wasn't any miracles. I mean, there were miracles that happened in the Beis Amikdash, but the time is not characterized as a time of miracles. Now, watch what's going to happen when Moshiach comes. And we have a human being who is embodying not the Ruach, not the Neshama, not the Cosmic Chai, but the Cosmic Yechita, a place that you're inseparable, not able to disconnect from God. Wow, that's infinite energy. That's pure ain't Sof. And that's why when Mashiach is king, well, of course he's going to have miracles. And of course his power is going to be endless. And of course the Jewish people's observance is going to be on levels way, way past just practical observance. We're going, to be, we're going to be filled with divine emotion, filled with intellect, powerful drive, and much deeper than that. We're all going to be in a state where we're inseparable from serving Hashem. As we're going to see, we're going to introduce now the Ramban, who says that after Mashiach comes, we're going to be in a state where we, our Bechira, our free choice, is going to be canceled. No more Bechira, no more free choice. Because, not because we become robots, but become, because we become so aware of who we really are as godly beings 
as people attached to Hashem, that it's impossible for us to do something that is, that is cutting, our, cu- cutting us off from Hashem because that's against our identity. That's who I am. I can't, I can't live that way. But we're going to get to that in a moment. But just this is the idea. In Pirisha Mishnah, Rambam is giving you the yich- Moshiach as his Yechida. And in, and, in, and, in, and in the laws of Mishnah Torah, Rambam is giving you the nefesh of Mashiach. Here he's giving you the, the Yechida of Mashiach, here he's giving you the nefesh of Mashiach. Okay, that's just parenthetical. Now that we have two visions in Rambam, I'd like to go to Nachmanides, Ramban, and he introduces another thought about Mashiach. Take a look. Um, page, the next page, just flip one over after the one that you were just looking at. And let's take a look at Ramban, Nachmanides. Here we go. Um, second paragraph. I'm just going to give you a little introduction before. Ramban, Nachmanides, was a great Kabbalist. And he was not a contemporary with Rambam. He lived, uh, I think, a, a generation or two after Rambam. Okay? He's, he's very, 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 very... Um, a very big fan of Rambam, but yet he argues with him, and the things that are generally that he argues with Rambam is because he was a Kabbalist. And Rambam um, is coming far more from a vantage point of philosophy. And, Ramb- and Ramban, Rabbi Moshe, both of them are, are Rabbi Moshe. One is Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, and the other one is Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman. You know, I once saw in the Yari, from the Holy Yari, he says that both Rambam and Ramban are rooted in, in Adam HaRishon, because we know all souls are rooted in Adam, in Adam HaRishon, and both of them are rooted in the peyot. And, Ra, and Rambam is rooted in the right peyos, Ra, Ramban, Ramosha ben Nachman, he's on the right, the right peyos from, the, from, the, uh, from Adam HaRishon, and Ramban is on the left side. Rambam, Ramosha ben Maimon, he's on the left side. He says Ram, Ramban is on the right side where there's more revelation, and that's why he merited to be a great Kabbalist to have the deeper revelation. And Rambam, even though there are many of you who argue, and the Rebbe as well, say that Rambam was also a great Kabbalist, but at least he was not openly uh, um, open and, and revealing his knowledge in Kabbalah. Okay. Now, Ramban is going to, says, and this is the idea, according to Ramban, the days of Mashiach is a return to the days of Adam Adam and Eve before they sinned and they ate from the tree of knowledge. In other words, the world is going to get back a reset. Sometimes you have a computer that's just working very hard and you just can't, you just you realize you just can't work with this thing anymore. It's clogged, it's stuck, it's not moving. And you need to do a reset. You have to put it back to factory settings. According to the Ramb- Ramban, Moshiach's times is when the world goes back to factory settings the way God created it. And he points out four, th- three things that are in that time. Number one, according to Ramban, there is no death after Mashiach comes. We will live in physical bodies forever and ever and ever, and those that will be resurrected will live, that everybody, those that will come back in bodies will be here in the physical world forever and ever. And, that, and according to Ramban, the ultimate reward is not to souls up there in Gan Eden, but down here in the bodies, we're going to experience the ultimate bliss and closeness to God. But once there's, and why? Because that's the way it was in Adam before he ate from the tree of knowledge. He was meant to live forever. Okay? Number two, 
Rambam says that when it says by Mashiach that the lion and the lamb are going to lay together and all the animals are going to live in peace and harmony and there won't be any more predatory nature in the animals. This is what it says openly in the prophet, in Isaiah and Yeshaya. It speaks about the lion and the lamb and everybody living in peace and in harmony. Rambam, Memanari, uh, says it's a metaphor. It's, that, that it's a metaphor for world peace. People, there won't be any war anymore amongst people, but of course animals will still behave like animals. Again, that Rambam says that in the laws of, of uh, in, his, in his laws of Rambam, okay, in the laws of Mishnah Torah. Elsewhere, Rambam says it doesn't have to be that way. It could be in the literal sense, and he goes on actually even to explain it naturally. He says when there's going to be so much plenty, the world is going to be have so much food. It's possible that animals are not going to need to kill each other because it's just going to be such abundance. But that's just an interesting thing. But again, Rambam's general approach is that there is going to be the the animals are still going to be predatory after Mashiach comes. Ramban says, no, when Mashiach comes, animals will not, there won't be any predatory animals. The nature of all animals will return because that's the way it was when God created them. Animals did not harm each other and they would not kill a human for sure. Thirdly, Ramban will also say that after Mashiach comes, the human being will click, will kind of, as we said earlier, will reset to the way we were before we ate from the tree of knowledge. And before we ate from the tree of knowledge, we had no Yetzirah, we had no evil inclination. And therefore, it was natural to us to do God's will. And it kind of, it was like the normal thing for us, our normal impulsive reaction is naturally to do only what God wants. Just like the sun doesn't change its course one day because it's lazy or it's tired or it's not in the mood or it has a better idea, like all the stuff that we have that we're not always doing what Hashem wants, Ramban says, once Mashiach comes, we're all going to be exactly um, um, set to do what God wants naturally, because that's the way it was before the tree of knowledge. Let's read it inside. I'm going to do it very quickly over here. First he says, um, number one, um, oh, I, the first quote I actually don't have over here. I wanted to show it to you. It's over here. Ramban says, give it to you over here. First of all, he says, people, I don't have it inside the page. I'm just going to read it to you outside. Ramban and Bereshis, Beis, Pasuk Yud Zayin. He says that the person is going to live forever, and I'm quoting to you words of Ramban, because the supernal soul, the soul we have from above, will give the person life forever. And the reason we will live forever is for two reasons. Number one, our neshama has a soul has enough energy, enough battery power to give us life forever. I'll put it even deep better than that. It's not a battery. Today's days we have a battery. Once we ate from the tree of knowledge, we have a battery. Our soul is like a battery. But when Mashiach comes, your soul is like a plug. It's plugged into an outlet. The difference between a battery and an outlet is a battery uses up because it only has a certain contained of energy. If you're plugged into a, a, a source and you leave it plugged in, it, the fan can work forever and ever. As long as, right? And if the source is God, then it's true eternity. So therefore, the neshama is going to give us life forever. There's another reason. Because since God desires the human, and God's desire doesn't expire. Since Hashem doesn't expire, His desire in His servant doesn't expire. So Hashem keeps us alive forever. Fine. Davik boy tamid. And Hashem is the one that keeps us forever. 
Then I have another quote over here. This is in, the, in, in his letter of, of debate. There is a sefer from the Ramban called Igeres Avikuach, in where he has a debate with Christians. And in that letter, he writes like this. Adam Arishan Chai Shana. Adam Arishan lived a thousand years. Pachis Ayim, less 70. He lived to 930 years. And the reason he died, it says in the verse that the reason he died was because of his sin. And if he would have, if he would have not have sinned, he would live much longer. Or maybe, perhaps, Ramban says, forever. And here's where the Ram, I love this, this quote. Here is where Ramban says to the Christians, he says, and Gentile and Jew, all of us agree, we all agree, he says, you, me, and you priests, we all agree that once Mashiach comes, the original sin is going to be paid for already. Over, it's going to be, we're done already with it. So then once the sin is not there, so therefore, after Mashiach comes, death will be illuminated from us. I guess he's trying to say, again, I didn't look in the context over there, I guess he's trying to say that if you believe that Mashiach came already, meaning in, 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 uh, in whatever, in the Christian Mashiach, so why didn't he bring us eternal life? That's the time when it's supposed to be already forgiven. Okay, so that could be, I'm not even sure that's the context of it, but that's what Ramban says. All right, so he, so he says that at that time there is, oh, and when Mashiach will come, he says we're going to live forever too because we're going to go back to that time. Now I'm going to show you regards to animals. Ramban says over here, second paragraph, this is in Bechukhoisai. This is from Ramban Bechukhoisai. The animals did not have a nature of predatory nature. Only because of the sin of man. It was decreed upon man that man should be lunch sometimes for the animal. That the animal can, can, can eat a person. And then it was implanted in them to be predatory. Also, also to be predatory one to each other. In other words, it began with an appetite to kill a human. And then as a result of that, they started, they, they also had that nature. As it is known, he says, a, fright, a, a, a thing we know scientifically, once an animal, a beer, let's say, kills a person, the animal becomes very dangerous. They become worse. And Ramban actually says that's the reason why we kill an ox that kills a person. Ramban holds its punishment to the ox. It's not just punishment to the owner. Many hold that it's punishment to the owner. The animal is just instinctive. No, Ramban says once an animal kills a person, he becomes vicious and cruel and he has a greater appetite to kill. And we know that that's what they do today in the, in the wild as well. When a bear kills someone, they go and find it and they shoot it because you know you can't leave this bear, this bear around. Okay, fine. Vihine, now I'm going on to the next paragraph. Vihine, and now it's a little, the, the words over here came out a little confused so you might not see exactly what I'm reading but because I, uh, it's Sentences are mixed into sentences. I don't know how it came out like this. When God created the world, He says by the animals, He gave them grass to eat. It says, um, what does it say? Um, it says in the Pasuk, um, hold on, to all the animals and the birds, 
and all the creepy stuff on the earth. I have given kol yerek esav la'achla. I gave all grass to eat. Animals were all supposed to eat vegetation. Va'amar akasav in the pasuk va'achakach. But after that, lamdu ateref mepmei hachet. They learned how to kill each other because of the sin. Hamein is kasha perashdi, like we said earlier. Fine. Va'alkein. Now let's go to the next paragraph. This is one, two, three, four, four paragraphs. Before the end, before, not before, for, from the top of the page of Ramban, the Alkain Omer Akosov, and now the verse tells us, Al Yemei HaGoel, on the days of Mashiach, Yishai, King Mashiach, who is a branch from Yishai, the father of David peace will be restored to the world, V'yachtel HaTeref, and animals will stop being per, uh, predatory. And the evil of animals. Everything will go back to the way they were originally. Okay. And this is all referring to this, that, that, that in the days of Mashiach, animals will not kill anymore. There will be just a, 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 a peacefulness in the animals. Um, look at the top of the top line in the page. Ramban, top line. Kitia Eretz Yisroel Be'ez Kiyom HaMitzvahs Because at the time when the Jewish people will fulfill the commandments after Mashiach comes, Kasher The world is going to go back to the way it was when God initially created it. Koidim Chetay Shal Adam Arishon Before the sin of Adam. Yeah, that's the way it is. And then in the next paragraphs, I don't want to do this inside because I'm going to take up too much time. Ramban is also explaining. I'm just going to read it in English. He says that um, in that a person does naturally what he does according naturally the way God created us is that a human being should act also with a certain instinctive um, according to the program that God programmed us. Kashayasu Hashem, like God, like the heavens do, and all their and all the heavenly hosts. Um, however, which which by the, like you see by the the heavenly hosts that they serve, they do their job without any, and they don't change their their appointment. Whatever they were appointed to, they they keep. They don't have in their deeds love or hatred or the like. Then uh, what happened? But the fruit of this tree, which is the tree of knowledge. This is what puts into the person what's called the desire and the want that those who eat it can choose in how they want to live, good or bad. The fruit gave them Bechira. That's, that's Ramban. And that's why it's called Das. It gives you that Das that you can know to choose good or bad. And then Ramban says, After he ate from the tree, that's when man got this free choice. He can do bad or not. Fine. And then he says in his final last paragraph, this is in Ramban Parshas Nitzavim. Can we, before we discuss Parshas Bechu Kosai, now there's the, this is Parshas Nitzavim. It, it appears from the Psukim that what? That from the time of creation, man, meaning after the sin of the tree of knowledge, Man is always have free choice, so that we should have, so that we should be able to be rewarded for the choice that we make. But in the days of Mashiach, 
Choosing good is going to be our natural thing. The heart will not desire anything ugly. That which is not fitting. The won't have any desire in it. The Yashiva Adam Bismanahu, and the person is going to return in that time, like he was before the sin of Adam Arishain, that he did it naturally. Fine. The Ramban also says that's the meaning when it says God is going to circumcise your heart. What's the meaning he's going to circumcise our hearts? What kind of circumcision is he doing on the heart? But Ramban says like this. This that we can choose bad and, and we have an appetite for bad, that's not your heart. That is something that was added to a person's heart. That's a stuffing, that's a clogging. That was clogged, that our hearts got clogged after the eight from the eight satas. But Mashiach is going to come, he's going to be like a rotor rooter. And he's going to unclog the heart, remove all the rust and all whatever is stuck there, returning the heart to its natural state. And the natural state of every Jew, for sure, is to only do what Hashem wants, like Maimonides tells us, that that's what we want, so we won't have any, fine. That's Maimonides. So obviously, according, I'm sorry, that's Nachmanides, Ramban. Obviously, according to Ramban, it's like a whole new thing. It's not just talking about, again, according to Rambam, Moshiach's days is a time of Hashem's king over the world. Or the, we said the other Rambam, Hashem's kingship fully manifest. Yeah, but the world is still a world. People are still people. The natural order is still a natural order. Nachmanides comes and ratches it up a couple of notches. He says we're going to enter into in a kind of magical world. A world that we don't know, but that's our true existence. That's the way we always, that's what we once were. And we're going to go back to that state where no evil is possible. Because there's no more desire to doing anything bad. And life is forever. And peace. So a very big change in the natural order. That's Ramban. Now, um, let's take a look for the last couple of minutes that we have into the phenomenal approach of Hasidut to all of this, in which we really get a whole much deeper and higher understanding in what Moshiach is. Even if according to Rambam, we, we spoke earlier that it's possible that in the second stage of Moshiach, it's not just possible, there will be some changes in the world People will, there will be a resurrection to the dead, the trees will start growing and the like. And of course, according to Nachmanides, there's going to be huge, bigger changes. But even according to Nachmanides, who's lifted Mashiach to the highest time, the time when mankind is going to be changed, there's going to be the biggest change in, 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 in natural order to the days of Mashiach, I'm sorry, to the days before Adam Arishan. But even according to the Ramban, the essential character of the world will not change. Quite on the contrary. The world will go back to its essential character the way God created it. God created the world to be a world. A world? Hear this again. God created the world to be a world. We messed it up. So when Mashiach comes, we're going to go back to the pre-mess. And we're going to live that way and we're not going to have the option to mess it up again. Fine. But we're still going back to living the way God created us. As a creation in a created world. Chasidut, Chasidus comes along and, and, and bring, if the Ramban brings the world back to pre, pre-sin, 
Chasidus comes, hear this, you hear these words. Chasidus takes the world to pre-creation. You ever see this? Chasidus lifts the world up in the days of Mashiach to a state prior to creation ever happening. Meaning to say that in the days of Mashiach, it will be revealed that God, like just before, before God created the world, it was God and only Him. Who is Shmo Bilvad? He and His name were one. When Mashiach will come, we, as the worlds, all of us together in, the phys- in, in our physical bodies, will rise up to a state of total fusion with God to the point that, to the, point that the concept of world will, will be nullified. Because it will be the same world, physical, everything. But yet, our physical experience is going to be metam- totally metamorphosized. Why? Because we're going to experience ourselves as expressions of the infinite and the expression of God, not as entities other than Hashem. So first of all, I do want to say one important idea. Hasidut accepts Ramban over Rambam when it comes to Mashiach being a time of, great, of, of eternal life and there is no more death. And Hasidus accepts this idea that the ultimate purpose, the ultimate human being is going to live on earth. But as we mentioned earlier, Hasidus, which is the soul of the Torah, reveals even deeper dimensions in this idea. So let's try to explain this a little bit. What is the contribution? What is the perspective of Hasidus on Moshiach that is so powerful? And for that, I want to open up with you a little bit of the book of Tanya. And here, before we get to that, just one idea. You see, the Alter Rebbe says that the purpose, the day, the content, the description of Mashiach is that that's a time that God is going to live in this world like a person living in his own private home. Initially, when Hashem created the world, why did God create the world? Hashem had a desire. God wanted to have a home in this world. So what is, what is that difference? Earlier we spoke about Mashiach as a time when God's kingship is revealed. Now we're saying a whole different thing. When Hashem's kingship in the, is revealed, meaning not He is revealed. He is somewhere up there. His authority, His dominance, His sovereignty, His rulership is felt and sensed over the entire world. But where is Hashem? Hashem is not here. We feel very strongly that there is a ruler, there is a power, there is someone who controls the cosmos. But where is God? He's not revealed. He's above, up and above. We are very, very intellectually aware of Him. We, we, we recognize that there is a, a source that created it, it all and we're willing so strongly that we're all willing to serve Him. But that God is still a mystery. And what we see is a world. Comes the Alter Rebbe, comes from Shneer Zalman of Liadi in his monumental work of Tanya. And he says, no, you know what Mashiach is? When Mashiach will come, God himself is going to be living in this world like a person lives in his house. Now when a person lives in his house, what's the thing about, there's one place where a person isn't shy, where a person isn't timid, where a person isn't controlled. Generally, when people, there are people that are very, very loud and very aggressive. And wherever they go, they feel that they're in their living room. But there are very few people like that. Most people have some kind of a contraction. You know where you are. I'm on a bus. I have to behave like a bus. I go here. I have to behave. There are certain constrictions to a person's behavior. 
When you come home, what's, why does it feel so good to come home after a day's of work? Because you, ha- you, you have the ability to stop pretending. You're stopping to make believe. You're kicking off your shoes, you're relaxed, you say, ah, Mechaya. And now you do whatever you want. You put on the music as loud as you want. You wear a sweater that has a hole under the arm. And you do whatever you want. You, because this is your house. You're comfortable. You're yourself. That means you are totally revealed. If anybody wants to see you as you are, look at the person when he's in their kitchen. Then you'll get to know the troopers. And this is what we're saying. After Mashiach comes, God wants to have a home in this physical world. It means he doesn't want to hide at all. He wants to be completely revealed down here. What is that going to do to the world? So what we're going to see soon, the world is going to become completely assimilated into God. When God is fully revealed, then the definition of the world changes. And the world is no more an olam. Olam means, the word, the word olam, which means in Hebrew, the word olam means from the word helem, concealment. Today's days, the world is a concealment on God. When Mashiach will come, the world will not be a concealment anymore on God, but God will be fully revealed in this world. So it would be something like this. Accepting God as a king, accepting God as a king, which is going to be perfect when Mashiach comes, is something that we can do today as well. Every time you say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, you pray in the morning, you say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, you're accepting Hashem as your king. Today's days, however, we say Shema Yisrael, we mean it, we try to accept God fully as a king, but we're, we have Yetzirah, we do it kind of so and so. And not everybody does it. How many people are saying Shema Yisrael? Fine. When Mashiach will come, everybody's going to say Shema Yisrael. Actually, that's what Rashi says, the meaning of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu is. Do you know, people don't realize that Rashi tells us that, belief, that believing of Mashiach is what the Shema Yisrael means. According to Rashi, when we say Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is our God, Hashem Echad, God is one, what we're really saying is, Hashem Elokeinu, God who is today's day is only our God, a day will come when that God will be universal and everybody will accept. Oh! So when Mashiach comes, everybody will be subservient to him. But it's something that we can do today. It's just when Mashiach will come, it's going to increase. The Alter Rebbe says that when Mashiach comes, we're going to, something new is going to happen. Something totally new that we don't have today. And that is the very definition, the way we feel life. The very, our very existence is going to change. Because we're going to sense in our bodies as a very physical sense we're going to see the divine in everything. We're going to see Hashem in everything all over. Wherever we're going to look, we're going to see God. At the same time, people are going to be people. And birds are going to be birds. And the sky is going to be a sky. Yet, everywhere we're going to see just expressions of the singular essence of everything, which is God. And it's going to be, and we're going to be fully alive. Let me explain that a little better. But first, let's read a little bit of the Alter Rebbe's words so that we can understand here, here, here how beautiful it is. The Alter Rebbe says like this. Um... In the, the, in the, when Mashiach will come, the light of God, the infinite one, will shine, is going to shine in the place of darkness, which is, till now has been a place of darkness, down here, our entire physical world, Hashem will shine, Hashem will shine, 
with more intensity and more power. The Yisrin or Menachoshech and the advantage of light that comes from turning over the darkness that's now dark into light. Much more than Hashem shines His light in the supernal world with angels. Much more than Hashem is shining up there in Gan Eden and in all those spiritual worlds. Because in all those worlds, God is still hiding with certain garments. But over here, Hashem is not going to hide in any more garments. And, and therefore, He adds another thing, that Hashem is going to give power to the tzaddikim, who are the tzaddikim, all the Jewish people, to be able to stand in such exposed, revealed, powerful, infinite light, and not blow a fuse. We will not be destroyed in the most powerful revelation of Hashem because God is going to give us the strength to be able to endure it. In the light of God that's revealed, without a garment. It says, Your teacher will not hide from you anymore. And your eyes will see your teacher. You'll see your master. Okay, so now... Let me just step back for one second. What does this really mean? Well, how can that happen? What is he talking about? So to understand that, I would like to introduce you to another part of Tanya, which is called the portal of union and faith. Over there, over there the Alter Rebbe brings a teaching from the Balshemtov. Where the Balshemtov teaches us that everything that you see in the physical world, all physical phenomenon, stones, trees, plants, animals, anything that exists in the physical world, really in truth, is enlivened by a divine energy. The words of God that God speaks to create the world is continuously speaking. The words that Hashem said, let there be a sky, those words are within the sky, thundering the sky into existence. God's words, let there be a sky, are making the worlds today. And God's words, let there be a stone, or Hashem's words, let there be a butterfly, is making every butterfly exist right now and continuously speaking the butterfly into existence. And God's words saying, let there be a human, is creating me and you and our bodies right now at this very second. Energy flow is flowing from the divine into us to enliven us every second. The Balshemtov adds, if God would stop speaking for a millisecond, Boom! We would all revert to nothingness. We wouldn't exist at all. Really, it's not only the words of the Balshemtov. Maimonides says, Maimonides says, Kohanim Tsoyim, everything that exists, Loinimtsu doesn't have any other existence, only from the truth of God's existence. God's existence lends existence to everything. Because God is, He is, he is ising everything into isiness, into beingness, into, into, into existence. That's a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. I remember when I found out about this teaching when I was 17 years old, the first time I studied this, I remember the joy that it brought to me when I studied this was so immense. It was my first teaching of Hasidus that I was really learning, I was studying on my own. I was literally walking down the streets of Bnei Barak, which is not necessarily the most Hasidic inclined city, today's a lot of, and while I was walking down the street, I was literally skipping and dancing from joy. I was like, wow! Because you think about that deeper and deeper, that the truth of everything is only letters. What we see as stuff is only words. And everything is Hashem. The world is pulsating with divine light everywhere. My body, this, 
the sidewalk, the street lamp, the people I'm seeing, the cars, the sounds, everything, the air I'm breathing. It's all words of Hashem. Wow, I'm swimming in divinity. It was such an unbelievable, joyous idea. Fine. Then the Alter Rebbe says, hold it, if that's the case. So he asks a question in his third chapter over here. He says, if that's the case, in his first words in his third chapter in, in Portal of, of Faith, he says, after these true words that I just told you from the Baal Shem Tov, anybody that's wise, Yavin Lashurai will understand thoroughly how every creature and every being who be'emes is in truth mamish. Everything that I see as an existence is really considered not. Why? Because the question is, am I here? Is this here? Is a stone here? No, what's here is a divine energy that's here. So the creation that's, and Hashem has to continuously say every second, let there be a stone. So can I ask you, is there really a stone? No. A second later, it doesn't exist unless God's re, God re-exists it, regenerates its existence. Is there really a stone? No. So then the altar, okay, that's bringing it always into something. So then the altar says, hold it. So how come we don't feel that way? How can we all walk around with such a substantial sense of beingness? Such a strong sense of self. This that to us, every creature appears to be something. The Alter Rebbe says one interesting thing. That's because we don't see the energy. Because God has hidden the energy. We cannot see with our physical fleshy eyes the divine energy that's creating me and you and everything around us. So because we don't see that energy, we only see the consequence of the energy and that is the creation. The substance. But we don't see Hashem making it. Then the Alter Rebbe adds a powerful word. He says, If Hashem would open up our eyes and allow us to see the energy, we wouldn't see ourselves. We would only recognize that everything is only divine energy. That's what he says. But then later in Tanya, there's two more minutes, the Alter Rebbe asks another question. He says, but why did God do that? Why did he hide his truth if he's making everything and he's creating everything every second? Why did he hide it? And in chapter 7, the Alter Rebbe says, because God wanted to be a king. And if he doesn't put that screen, if he's not going to block from us to see that he's creating us every second, then... If we see that, then he can't be a king because then we're him. You can't be a king over yourself. To be a king means you are you, your subjects are their subjects. They have free choice to, ch- to serve you and not to serve you. But if they experience themselves as, a, as empowered by you and an extension of you, so that they cannot choose to serve or not to serve, they're just part of you. So therefore, because God wants to be a king, he puts this massive screen blocking us from him, allowing us to be us with free choice, and then we can choose to do his mitzvahs. And that's what God wanted when he created the world. Now, follow, follow the logic. So the Alter Rebbe says, as a result of us keeping all these mitzvahs, now in the time of exile, and eventually when Mashiach comes, and all the Jewish people will keep all the mitzvahs, and God's dream of being a king will be fulfilled, Hashem's dream of being a king will be fulfilled, then something magical is going to happen. 
What's going to happen is that very same world that God created in a way that is coarse and does not allow us to feel the energy is going to start becoming refined and refined and refined and refined until that coarse material of the world will not block anymore God's light and suddenly everything will become transparent. And suddenly we will, in the days of Mashiach itself, suddenly everywhere we will look and we will start seeing the, divine, the divinity, the godliness that's in it. And suddenly we will start experiencing ourselves, not as ourselves, but as expressions of God, godly energy. Wow. And then the only thing that's going to be in those times is only Hashem. Only God. And the creation is just Him. And we are one with Him. That's what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. And the Rebbe adds a very, very powerful idea. With this I conclude tonight. The Rebbe adds that there's a major difference how the rest of the world is going to experience it and how the Jewish people are going to experience it. The rest of the world are going to experience it as as follows. All creatures will be, will be existing, but they will recognize and sense that they really don't exist. We don't exist. How? The only thing that exists is Hashem existing. And He is, we are just expressions of His existence. But we don't exist. Our existence is Him giving us life. That's the way everything in the world will experience it. Angels, Gentiles, humans, everybody, besides the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, something much deeper will be revealed. By the Jewish people, it doesn't say that we exist from God. It says the Jew and Hashem are totally one. Which means the existence of God is the existence of every Jew. So by the Jew, when God is revealed, it doesn't mean that we don't exist, He exists. What it means is that He, that, 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 that we will realize that we are really Him. There's nothing but Him. We are Him. In the, not, in, in the rest of the world, the meaning of it is that that existence is dependent on Him every second. And as a result of that, the truth of everything is Him and nothing exists but Him. But for the Jews, our existence is Him. That a Yid is one with God. And hear what the Rebbe says. Comes out who is Moshiach. Moshiach is the one who leads us into that consciousness that we should all feel how we are Hashem. That means that Moshiach is the one who is the most obvious that he is no one other than the expression of Atzmos, of the very essence of God here in this world. And he is putting us all in touch with that truth of his truth. Wow. So we can understand what kind of person we're talking about, Moshiach. In him is expressed that he is one with Hashem completely. He's revealing that in every Jew. He's uncovering God's essence in the entire world. And he's uncovering in each and every one of us how we, and therefore the Rebbe says, according to this, Moshiach is not Yechida. Because Yechida means, we spoke earlier, a level, of our, a level of our soul that's attached to Hashem with an unbreakable bond. Mashiach is the essence of the soul itself higher than Yechida, which is none other, the essence of the soul is the essence of God. And that's Mashiach. The Nekuda where God's essence and your essence are complete, are one, not locked, not attached, but completely one. I'm going to conclude with everything you see and hear as to teach you something. So this gives us a little bit of insight. It's a little bit of a... Today I watched a very disturbing video. My daughter got upset at me that I told her. But I saw, I don't know if you've seen, Nebuchadnezzar was stabbed in Israel today, in a supermarket. 
And there's a video of it. And I have a dark side that, 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 that has to, when I see a video like that, I have to click on it. Then I think to myself, why? It kills me for the rest of the day. So this guy, this terrorist, literally is walking in the shop, and he, you see him turn around, pull a knife, and start stabbing. And the guy's fighting him off. It's a horrible thing. He fights him off, fights him off, but then he collapsed. I didn't find out his name yet. But he's, he was in serious condition. Hope Hashem should help him. We're learning this year. We're mentioning it. Complete what is it? Anyway, this person was severely... And the guy, for two minutes, he's going at him. And then the shop, then they subdued him, and the terrorist, and fine. So okay, the fact that a Palestinian does this, I can, I can, I can, you know, we can, we can, we can kind of, okay, it's a Palestinian, it's a Palestinian, from Amalek, you know, uh, this hatred is this. The scary part is I'm looking at the YouTube, and there's comments. Do you know how many comments are saying, yeah, kill the Jew? Good, go kill the Jew. That's what should be done with you, Jew. You're so many of them. And you have Jews, of course, fighting back, and the language there is like, whoa, but people are, and you have people commenting. And you say, oh, what? Like, you'd be horrified. There's no other explanation what we're talking about right now. You see, the Jew is a different, the Jew is Hashem, that's what a Jew is. And those who, at, those who are evil at their core hate God, hate a Jew. And they can't explain why. You see what I'm saying? They don't have no idea why. Because the essence of Hashem, the essence of the Jew is the essence of God. And when they hate God, Rashi says that, those who hate Hashem hate the Jewish people. But it's not because it's, we're, we're Hashem's children. No, it's literally one. And when someone does, and the, all these people that are saying that is because they are, they are people that literally hate God at their very core. And, and, and therefore that, that explains the truth and the essence of anti-Semitism, which sometimes is beyond all of our, that we can't comprehend. But in any case, main idea is this idea, this understanding brings Mashiach to a whole new level. And Bezrat Hashem, in the following classes as we're going to learn, we're going to go back next week to discuss and really, really uh, develop the concept of what does it mean a king? Why should we want a king? Who needs a king? Aren't we good off without it? What's the idea? What's the difference between the kings of David HaMelech and other kings that the Jewish people had? The relationship of the Jewish people to the king of King David for the last 2,000 years, even though we didn't see him. That connection and so on and so forth. And how does all that materialize in the, in the kingship of Mashiach? That's going to be Be'ezer Hashem. Next class, everybody have a good week. Till then, Be'ezer Hashem, we will be back. 15th of Av is the most Moshiach day where we get to see the Giyul Shalema now.